It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to Wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Wizards podcast. I am your host for tonight's episode. I am Arthur Reynolds. You can find me on Twitter at District Mamba. Make sure to follow us at at Locked On Wizards on Twitter, and give us a shout out on iTunes. We've been checking out some of the reviews. Uh, we haven't had a review. We've only had one this entire calendar year, and only one since we've uh, taken over. We, as in myself, Becca, and Ian. So we would love to hear from you guys to find ways to improve the show and to get everyone more involved, because we would love to get as many Wizards fans as possible on the podcast. So for tonight's episode, unless you've been living under a rock these past couple weeks, few weeks at the latest, uh, we have a team in the Washington Capitals that is one win away from bringing a championship to the district, uh, to the district, and it's an unbelievable run that they are on. I am, I would consider myself a casual fan, but I want to help you guys. I want to help the casual Capitals fan, but the diehard Wizard fan, be able to relate to this Capitals team. So I hunted day and night and found someone that is a diehard Washington Capitals fan and a diehard Wizards fan to be able to give us a little bit of a breakdown of both teams so that we can relate and we can understand and not be made fun of or being accused of being a bandwagon just because the Caps are one win away from a Stanley Cup championship. So tonight I have for you, uh, his name is Trey. He goes by at RealMrPerfect on Twitter. Make sure to give him a follow. What's going on, Trey? Thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. Um, like, Thank you for replying to my question that I put out seeking a Wizards and Capitals fan. So before we get started, I want to get our audience up to par with your knowledge. How long have you been a fan of the Capitals, and how much does this run mean to you? Okay, so when I first became a Capitals fan, I was seven years old, and they had just booked their ticket to the Stanley Cup in 1998, and I can recall my dad just lifting me in the air and being like, this is our year. Um, unfortunately, that did not happen. Um, and I used to think back then that being a Capitals fan was so easy. Um, and 
then I realized years later that I was so wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> awesome, man. That I can't imagine what that must have felt like. Uh, my fandom for DC sports didn't start until probably around the 2000 era. Um, I grew up mainly in a Washington Redskins uh, household, so like everyone's a Redskins fan, like my family and stuff. But I didn't care about sports until like 2000 for whatever reason. So very jealous of that uh, story. That that sounds like an amazing story. So yeah, let's uh, let's get a little breakdown here because it's very uh, strange for the Capitals to be playing late into June. Um, how have these past 10 years, at least, you know, the Ovechkin era, um, how much, how difficult has that been? Like, can you describe to us? Because as a Wizards fan, watching the Capitals go year in and year out, as I once saw a headline that said, you know, the Capitals are the Warriors of the NHL. But, I mean, the Warriors are a couple wins away from their third championship and, you know, the Capitals have never won anything. What's it like to be, like, steamrolling through the regular season, President's Trophies left and right, banners left and right, but then when the cap, when the playoffs come, it just didn't work out? How did everything until this run, this year, how has all of that affected you, and what has it been like being a fan of a team that's so dominant, but then the playoffs start, and then just stuff happens? I try to think of being a Capitals fan as being a fan of Derrick Rose's Chicago Bulls, except being that good for like 10 years, you know, and Ovechkin's kind of like your Derrick Rose. But um, it's just, you know, I wouldn't call ourselves the Warriors of the NHL just because we didn't have a, as good of a style as the Warriors did. You know, right. people gave us a lot of credit in the regular season because we broke a lot of records. We were one seed, but... People never seem to take us seriously, and it was all because of the heartbreak, really. I mean, there's so many moments. I mean, I wish I could just say one, but there's been so many, like the Islanders Game 7, blowing one the 3-1 lead to the Canadians, the Rangers. So many teams have beaten us, and in the first round, second round, all those Penguins years, um, which has made everyone mad. So, like, no one's taken us really seriously until this year. Because of all the curses hidden around uh, this team. I don't believe in them, but I know many other fans do. And, yeah, yeah I mean, this is the first year we've kind of gotten respect from people around the DMV. Right, yeah, no, I, I completely understand, like, basically what you said. Because uh, from an outsider's perspective, it was always like, man, because I'm I'm, I grew up as a soccer person. Um, but, you know, as I started, you know, assimilating myself to my environment, it became more like football, basketball, all that stuff. So <laughs> when I would see like some of the goals that the Capitals gave up, you know, before this run, I would just be like, wow, like you can't really do anything about what how that puck just went in that net. Like the deflections, the the traffic in front of the net. The bounces, the the posts, like the way the puck reacts to getting hit by the post. There's nothing you can do about that, no matter how many you know games you win during the regular season. So I can't imagine how maddening that was, you know, just to get all those unfortunate bounces left and right. But we're gonna dive into um, I I don't really know what to call it. I'm just basically gonna ask uh, Trey 
to compare some of the Capitals players to Wizards players since our audience are all Wizards fans. I want everybody that is a fan of DC Sports to be able to get a, to be able to get a taste of what a possible championship could taste like cuz it'd be very unfortunate if you're sitting on the sidelines during this whole run and you're just like, "Eh, I can't get behind the Capitals cuz I have no idea what's going on." Well, this is the podcast to fix that. This is how we're going to get caught up and get us prepared for a possible championship uh, clinching game on Thursday night. We'll be right back. All right, guys. So just as a quick reminder, I am at District Mamba. I am your host for tonight's episode. I have with me Trey at Real Mr. Perfect on Twitter. He is a diehard Wizards and Capitals fan, and he's going to help us get on the same page so that we can understand how the Capitals roster is built and also get us familiar with some of the faces. So obviously during this playoff run that I've been watching, because I, I, I've watched since round one. I, I, I watched the first two games when the Caps went down 2-0, it was very weird. Like the Capitals seemed like they were dominating, but they lost those games. They were overtime games. Very awkward. But some players definitely stood out for me. So Trey, who would you compare um, DSP and I guess uh, any of the young bench players that the Capitals have? Who would you compare them to on the Wizards? Like what players do they remind you of from the Wizards? Okay, well, DSP is kind of a hard one, but if I had to say who I could compare DSP to, because he's a really young player and he wasn't guaranteed a spot, I would really compare him with Ty Lawson, in the sense that both of them weren't really guaranteed contracts entering the season, and I know Ty Lawson signed during the playoffs that DSP was a player in the regular season, but DSP had very limited playing time, and he had to earn his way into the Capitals. Um, he was on like the fourth line, and then he moved up, and it was kind of an up-and-down cycle, but mainly a lot of downs, and he had like six goals in 28 games at one point, and then this postseason, he scored like six out of the last seven games. He's had a goal in each of them, apart wow. from one. So, That's I mean, crazy. yeah, I'd compare him to Ty Lawson because he wasn't guaranteed a spot at the beginning. That's crazy. Yeah, no, I, I heard that statistic, how he only scored – was it six goals during the regular season, and he has seven? Six in like six, he scored six all year, or possibly half the year. I forget, but like right. six in the last seven in the playoffs. Right. That that's. I mean, that's unbelievable. That's what you dream of. Like that going into any playoff run, you dream of somebody getting hot and then just you know carrying you through the playoffs. So that's really awesome. The Ty Lawson comparison. Um, what about there's some other players on the Capitals. Um, that are, because uh, if I understood correctly, the Capitals went into this season with a revamped roster. Like they got rid of, they didn't get rid of, but they just lost out on some contracts that players that have been around for a while, um, specifically on the defensive end. Um, who are some of those players that have stepped up and contributed immediately that really there was no expectations for? Well, I would have to say, really, mainly our entire defense, apart from really Holpe. Um, but if I had to say, like, who really has stood out this postseason and who's really, you know, improved is it would have to be Nick 
Niskanen. I mean, he was like, he's a defender that can kind of like go up and score on the power play, or he can sit back, and he and Orlov and Orpik in general, they've all been part of the great penalty kill that we've possessed in the Stanley Cup. I mean, we didn't have it against the Lightning, but for the most part, our penalty kill's been okay. And they, Matt Niskanen's been a big reason of that. And he's had a few really good goals in the postseason. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's yeah, that's one of the players that I've had my eye on. Like I have a few friends that are diehard Capitals fans and we've been texting back and forth just trying to catch me up and also I'm trying to, you know, understand like what the hell is going on most of the time. But um how many of how many players did the Capitals lose going into this season over the off season? Um, so the Washington Capitals lost, as we all know, the uh, main headline uh, during the offseason was to blow the team up and that we should trade Ovechkin, which was never going to happen. Um, but some of the uh, new faces that you've seen this season are um, Jacob Vrana. Uh, he's one new player that we've had um, that was kind of, you know, he wasn't really on our team. Uh, last season, uh, we also have had. Um, trying to see here, like there's so many, but like Eller has stepped up this year. DSP, oh, as we've mentioned, um, Burakovsky. I mean, there's so many that young players that have produced this season that we've had that's brand new. And if you look at last season's roster compared to this season's roster, like some of the fourth liners. It's really not that. Um, it's really just diff- totally different apart right. from Baxter Ovechkin. Yeah. So you brought up a really good point and something that we can definitely end on. Um, you know, this past season the Wizards definitely underperformed. You know, whether it be the John Wall injury or just poor management of the roster for the last few years have finally caught up. But Right now, there's kind of a weird push, you know, from the media, not really locally, but from the national media. John Wall's name is being mentioned in a lot of trade pieces, but everyone locally, I think, is pretty aware that we're not going to trade one of the best point guards in the NBA. How can you compare and can you kind of, because it's creepy, like, there's some, you know, similarities, because obviously they're both owned by Monumental, Ted Leonsis is the owner of both teams. What are some parallels and what are some differences between the Caps last year going into this year? Obviously, it's hindsight because like, we now know like the Capitals are making a Stanley Cup run. But what are the similarities that you can see between this Wizards offseason that's about to start and the Capitals offseason going into this season where everybody was saying, oh, blow the team up, uh, trade Holpe, like, get rid of Ovechkin, like, he's washed up, blah, blah, blah. What are some things that you can like kind of see as a comparison and what are some things that you can see as differences? Okay, so what's very, very similar uh, between the Wizards and the Capitals, Wizards going into this year, offseason Caps going into last year, was that both teams really just, both teams were being told to blow it up and then there were so many pieces for the Capitals that they were telling us of who to acquire, like, get this guy, get this guy, big players in free agency. They're saying the same thing with the Wizards, and they're saying to get Kawhi. But, um, and this is this is my opinion as a Wizards fan, too, as, and not just a Caps fan. The Wizards shouldn't blow the team up. They should not. I am a big pusher. 
I don't think it's the worst case that the Wizards bring the band back together. One, it's the Capitals did it, and they got rid of the surrounding players. So, like, with the Wizards entering this offseason, if they were to do a similar approach to the Capitals, I would say, I wouldn't be surprised if a guy, say, Kelly Oubre, or maybe Mahimni, or Mike Scott doesn't come back. I would say stuff like that happens. I don't think Wall, Beal, or Porter get traded. Porter because, really, no one's going to take the contract. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Okay, cool. And then uh, one last question here. We have Thursday night, a possible historic moment coming up that I am extremely jealous of. I can't imagine what you're going to feel like if it happens. I can't imagine what it's going to feel like if the game, if the series gets extended to uh, a fifth, sixth, seventh game. So what is your gut feeling ignoring the DC curse stuff? I mean, you mentioned you don't believe in it. What is your gut feeling telling you will happen Thursday night? Um, that we're going to win it. <laughs> that's that's my gut, really, because like we've erased the DC sports curse. It's not, not in the media. I never believed in it anyway. And I just feel like against Vegas, we've just been the better. Even in game one, I feel like we've been the better team. We've shut them down on the power play. We've converted on our own power plays. And reality is, I mean, if they won the cup... I mean, it would be very emotional. I mean, I'll be at the watch party, but, like, not just me, but, like, what my parents have gone through who have been pretty much Caps fans since they've existed. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine what they would be like. And, I mean, just in general, um, it would be – I'd be very emotional about it because, like, I've been dying for this moment. I thought it would happen in 98 a lot sooner, but right. it didn't. Definitely, yeah. No, I mean, I can't imagine – yeah, I can't. Like, it just – it gives me goosebumps, honestly. Like, I have goosebumps right now just thinking about it. Like, I was at Best Buy earlier today, and the We Are the Champions song started playing. And I was like, oh my god, like, this song might play after a Caps win on Thursday. And it'll be about a DC sports team being the champions and no time for losers. Like, we're not losers anymore. We're a city of champions. Like, that That just... It just... It's just an unbelievable thought. Like it honestly still feels, yeah, it honestly still feels like a dream. All this that's happening, but awesome, man. I hope you guys learned some stuff about this Washington Capitals team that you didn't already know beforehand. I definitely did that comparison between, you know, the, the DSP comparing them to the wizards players and the situations with the off season definitely makes me like more familiar with the team. So, uh, Thank you very much, Trey, for joining me. Make sure to follow Trey on Twitter at RealMrPerfect. Give us a shout-out on the uh, iTunes if you listen to us that way. Give us a follow on Locked On Wizards. Show us some love. We love talking to you guys, and we will catch you on the next episode, which will be on Friday. I believe we're going to have Noah Getzel, the OG, the president of the Locked On Wizards podcast, breaking down this Capitals run and how will the Wizards react? Will Ted Leonta sit in his office and say, I found a formula for a championship. Let's do it with the Wizards. Or will he be complacent and just be like, I have a championship. I don't care what happens. Tune in on Friday to see what Noah says, what we all say. It's going to be the big three plus Noah. Thank you guys for joining us and catch you next time. Go Caps. Hey, Prime members, 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.